Welcome to the Sports Development Authority podcast. I'm Stacey Wells, current sports facility manager with experience in all facets of sports. From team mom, coach, starting a club, running a facility, to overseeing construction of the one I manage now. I help individuals and organizations create a plan, design, construct, and manage their sports dreams. This podcast will give you a few of the tips and tricks I've learned along the way. Hello, welcome to the final part of this three-part series. Today's part is probably the most important part of the series for economic, economical development, but without the first two, this one is very difficult to obtain. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it will definitely take more work and outside-of-the-box thinking and the constant task of trying to fill a pipeline. So let's refresh. In the first part of this three-part series, we talked about the recreational division, which is a crucial part for all organizations to have for an introductory way to have players learn a sport in a low-cost method. Now, keep in mind, by organizations, that's not necessarily just a private organization. That, that might also be a municipality. And then last week, we talked about the second part of a three-part series, which is the most intermediate or more competitive way for kids to, get, to keep playing the sport that they were introduced to in the recreational side. The second part that we discussed last week is often the most overlooked, but it's an important step when looking for the whole package and to be able to create the most sports tourism dollars for the area, which then brings us to the final part, club-level sports. Club is the more organized and usually the most competitive way to play a sport. Club-level sports is often given a bad rap due to its structure of the pay-to-play type organization. But club sports can offer something that the other levels usually cannot. First, we'll discuss the details of what a club technically is and how it's important and can affect the community. According to UNIGO.com, clubs are perfect for athletes who want to push themselves to higher levels and to play off-season from school sports. Club season is held during the off-season from its normal school sports season. Players from all over the area and often spreading into the region come together to try to play for a certain number of positions that each team might have. Once the tryout happens, those players who are offered a spot have to make a decision on which club they want to be a part of. Most times, players will try out for multiple teams and programs. So making this decision is an important one for their future sport based on development of them and for that club. Club team offerings could be different in the areas of practice commitments, tournaments, where they're played, number of players on a team, and the amount of fees for the season, and it could go on and on. But I'll go into more of the club organization breakdown in a later episode and how it can affect the player individually, but today we're going to be looking how it affects the community. Clubs can be categorized as a for-profit or a non-profit organization, but either way usually operate on a similar basis. Clubs are a part of a governing body that requires registration and certain requirements in order to be a part of the club. Sometimes there is one larger governing body and then smaller regional bodies that all follow the same set of guidelines. The season is set and during a certain period of time and the tryout times are often set and all clubs must follow the same set of rules and regulations that the governing body gives. There are a few emerging sports that do not offer this uniformity, but in time, I imagine they will also find that a uniform way of doing things is the most beneficial way to run a large-scale organization. 
The clubs are usually covered by the governing body's insurance for practices and during games or tournaments. Oftentimes, if a club does not own its own facility or complex, it can utilize local schools, churches, recreational centers, any place that has the courts or the fields that they need for their sport. This insurance covers the club from any general liability that the school, church, or facility might require. Recreational centers, churches, or schools can benefit financially by allowing these clubs to practice, often renting out the space when they're usually not busy. So by leveraging themselves as a usable property, they will likely have rentals all year with various sports. Club teams are often more competitive than the teams like in the intermediate division that we talked about last week. Since there are club tryouts and they're able to have the players that best fit their team's goals and the level of play that they require. So why are clubs important for a community? How can they help with sports tourism? Let's break it down. Because clubs are usually more competitive in nature and because clubs usually follow a governing body of guidelines, they will travel to play with other teams and clubs that follow those same guidelines. Tournaments or games are sanctioned and standings are kept for the end of the season, maybe offering a national-style tournament. Many times, there are regional tournaments or qualifying tournaments throughout the country during the season. The areas that do not have multiple clubs to play within a short distance will often have to travel to play other clubs under the same governing body. The more clubs you have in an area, there are often more tournaments and events held to keep players and their families close to home. Remember, sports tourism has three levels that we talked about, one of those being when teams travel to play in an event. For the youth sector, these tournaments can bring a lot of tourism dollars to the area. Hotel rooms, restaurants, shopping, all of these businesses benefit from having club-level tournaments in their community. If you're a small to mid-level market area, pulling bigger markets to come to your area can be tricky. The bigger the market, the more clubs that they have and the bigger the competition. They often don't need to travel to the smaller markets to get the level of play that they require. So the small to mid-level markets have a harder time getting the bigger tourism dollars because of this and forcing those families and those teams to have to travel on a regular basis. This is a way that small and mid-level markets can tap into that. The large markets often have more clubs because they have more people to pull from, which creates the need for more club teams and also allows those clubs to put the highest level players on a single team. By tapping into the second part of this series, small to mid-level can build their pool of players just so that the local clubs have more players to choose from when creating teams. The intermediate or semi-competitive division that organizations or municipalities can offer can help create tourism dollars. I'll explain. Once an organization builds their semi-competitive level, here's what happens. As that division grows and players continue building their skill set, the pool for clubs gets bigger by having more players at tryouts, more kids to choose from. The offer of more players also allows more competitive players to rise to the top and create a highly competitive team or multiple teams. The more clubs in that area that can develop that level of a team can then entice the larger markets to travel to the smaller to mid-sized markets, which then starts to grow the sports tourism in that area. Club-level sports are usually what drives the most sports tourism, something that recreational and semi-competitive programming doesn't normally do. 
Keeping the recreational division, the intermediate division, and the club-level programs in your area will ensure a sustainable sports tourism sector for your community. The three steps of this series will continue to develop your ability to pull from larger markets and also to be able to offer the community and businesses in in it a piece of the sports tourism dollars. It produces a pipeline, the constant flow of athletes for the community. However, being able to offer all the youth in the area an opportunity to be a part of something bigger than themselves touches more than just tourism dollars. It helps to create a better society for that area. Not all players will choose to play on the club level. By offering the intermediate or semi-competitive part, you enable the growth of an athlete to continue no matter their future plans within a sport. According to atyourownrisk.com, participation in team sports results in a higher GPA by high school boys and girl athletes. Physically active children are 15% more likely to attend college. Former student athletes tend to earn significantly higher incomes than those who did not play sports. Student athletes earn up to 40% higher test scores. The University of Rochester states that studies have shown that exercise increases blood flow to the brain and helps the body build more connections between nerves, leading to increased concentration, enhanced memory, stimulated creativity, and better developed problem-solving skills. So in short, playing sports helps your brain grow and makes it work better. Even colleges are recognizing how important it is for students to remain involved in an activity. Many of today's colleges offer the intramural, a more recreational side, the club, which is a more competitive with team tryouts and some travel, and of course, the high-level D1 athletes you might see on TV. Depending on the level of commitment the student is able to juggle with their academic studies can often dictate which level they would be better suited for. By creating a constant pipeline of athletic growth in your community, you will not only create the opportunity for sports tourism and economic development, but increases the development of our youth as a whole. Setting this pipeline up is not necessarily an easy task, but I can help you get on the right track. Reach out to me and let's take a look at your current market and the structure your sports have in the area and figure out a game plan to make sure your community has a pipeline set and is ready for the economic growth and a sustainable market for sports tourism. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If so, please make sure to leave a review. If your community is in need to create or expand their sports and event facilities or organizations, please do not hesitate to reach out to me so we can continue to build and develop our communities, economies, and most important, our youth. With me on LinkedIn and Linktree at Stacy D. Wells. Thank you for joining me on Sports Development Authority.